Psychologically tall. I'm talking about ethics. You you patented it and packaged it and slapped it on a plastic lunchbox and now sell it. You want to sell it well for the same. <laughs> I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. They'll soon be back and in greater numbers. Any friend of Olive's is a friend of our daughter. I am really close on this one. Really, really close. Let's watch my favorite part again. Shall we? Hello, I'm Daniel. And I'm Amanda. And this is Scenes from a Marriage, a movie podcast in which we, as a married couple, watch movies and talk about them, giving our unique perspectives. This is episode five of our podcast, so thank you for coming back. We have been excited to see some reviews coming in on Apple Podcasts, some ratings coming in, making us look good. Great banter. (laughs) Someone said we had great banter. Someone. And we appreciate that. We're going to, hopefully the banter will only get better as we become experienced. Mm. <laughs> what did you say? Banshees? <laughs> Banshees. That's not real. <laughs> that's, okay. that's the word for people who banter. Banter. Or if not, then it is a seasonally appropriate because mm-hmm. it is Halloween or almost. It's October, <laughs> which is, is... Halloween. 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 Okay. Which is Danny Elfman month, apparently. Danny Elfman month. Elf? Did he? Okay, sorry. (laughs) Elfman on the shelf, man. (laughs) Our house is decked out for Halloween. Oops. We're actually sitting here at our new podcasting table that is draped with a, what would you call this, cloth? Um, Like a spider web cloth, which Daniel loves because he loves spiders. spiders, Not. I actually put a spider web on the wall thanks to our good friend's Friends, friends, friends. <laughs> friends, Tracy and Andrew uh, helped put a spider web on our wall with black yarn. Daniel asked me to take the spiders down until Halloween time. And since I'm a good wife, I did it. You know, I don't love spiders. We actually spent good money to spray dangerous chemicals all over the outside of our house just to get rid of the spiders, mm-hmm. only to then replace them with larger effigies of the bugs. Amanda, we just got back from a fairly eventful trip. Woohoo! Anniversary trip! Anniversary trip. (laughs) (laughs) Which will be uh, tomorrow. Well, not for you guys listening to it. It won't be tomorrow when you're listening to it, but the 21st of October. Yeah, tomorrow is our second anniversary. Mm. And yeah, like it, by the time this episode release, it will be in the past, but we got to spend some time in the beautiful state of Colorado. Colorado, as Jillian says. Love you. <laughs> we did hear some some folks saying Colorado. Colorado. Mm-hmm. But something that was on our bucket list to do. And so we had the opportunity to see some picturesque vistas. Mm-hmm. Some aspens. Turning yellow, the aspens. Some chipmunks running around. That was real cute. It was very cute. Mm-hmm. I, some lady said, 
when you when you touch them, because the the chipmunks <laughs> running around at at Rocky Mountain National Park, uh-huh. they, they're used to people feeding them, so they're fearless. They just come right up to you. They climbed in your hand. They climbed in my hand. She was like, they if you touch them, they feel like a cloud. Is what they she did. Said. <laughs> they were very soft. I got to touch one. It was great. I loved it. We did not feed them, FYI. Yeah, I wanted to tell that one lady to not do it, but uh, whatever. But that was something from our bucket list. We've wanted to visit mm-hmm. Colorado for a while, and I hope that we get to go back at some point. Ski trip. Enjoyed our time there. But we also had another kind of eventful moment, which is that we saw a movie in a movie theater. Mm -hmm. Yep. Beetlejuice, which was the first time I've seen it. And I really liked it. Yeah. Repertory showing of Beetlejuice that just happened to be playing at what seemed like a sleepy little Mm -hmm. movie theater in the outskirts of Denver. AKA there's only one other couple in there with us. There's one other person. And so two even people. with the, oh, sorry. Yeah. One couple, yeah. even with the, the masks, it was nice to be back and have the, the feel of the leather seats and just the, you know, the big screen. It's been, I think since, what did we say? March? March. Since we saw I think March. We saw Onward. Yeah. Onward. Cute little. Maybe where the the lead boy looks like your brother, Michael. (laughs) It really does. Our last outing. So, yeah, it's been so long. And I, you know, I've I've been just concerned about the theaters and hoping that they're going to be able to stay open and hoping that, you know, we're going to be able to uh, continue to to see movies and to experience the, you know, the popular art form that we're that we're talking about. So so it was your first time seeing Beetlejuice Mm -hmm. and you. I I really liked it. Yeah, I I thought it was, I I liked it. I thought it was different. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a movie about the ghost trying to scare humans out. I thought that was a cool kind of twist. I mean, maybe there are movies out there like that, but I I liked it. And um, seeing the young Alec Baldwin in uh, Winona Ryder. Yeah, every time I see that movie, the first thing I think of is, how was Alec Baldwin ever this young and skinny? Mm Mm-hmm. It just takes me off guard every time, but it is it is kind of an unusual vision. And I think that's what maybe makes it enduring, because people recognize, you know, stuff from the movie. You recognize the outfit, you know, the Beetlejuice character, and like the sandworms. Oh, the sandworms! Yeah, and um, when we were in Colorado, we saw some on the roof. I saw I saw two of them, and I thought they were from the Nightmare Before Christmas, but. Similar Actually, style. Yeah, but involved. before we saw the movie, you said it was from Beetlejuice. So then, you know, we got to watch it and I was like, oh. It's a nice coincidence how that worked yeah, out. it was. Perfect. And also, um, the character that was the stepmom, what's her name? Oh, yeah. Catherine O'Hara. Yeah, she was in it. And we had been watching Shit's Creek on our Colorado trip. Because everyone we know has told us to watch the show. If you're listening to this right now, chances are you have told us to watch Shit's Creek. Literally everyone has. And it, it's it's slow getting into it, but maybe there's a few funny things every so episode. But anyway, um, yeah, she was in it. She does not have a double chin in <laughs> Beetlejuice. <laughs> no offense, sorry. We're so sorry. Uh, no, really, I really love her as an actress and she's she's very funny. And I think that you know her character initially is kind of grating in the movie because she's almost like this yeah. she's this really selfish character who's just mm-hmm. you know trying to make everything over in her image but uh her facial expressions are so good and like i said especially in that dance scene with mm-hmm. the the harry belafonte song how's it go again 
Damn. Damn. <laughs> Daylight coming. And then the one go no. home. Wait, was that? Yeah, that was the one. What was the one at the end? Was then the end is the jump in the line. Oh, that's right. I love that one, too. Okay. I believe you. Jump in the line. I don't know the rest of the words. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> I just always think of her saying that part. Yeah. So much fun. Super fun movie. Not scary, but a good Halloween movie. I would add that to my list of Halloween movies. You know, that and Hocus Pocus, Casper with uh, Hilary Duff. Only that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating time that we live in that Hocus Pocus was recently like the number one movie at the box office. It really isn't that good. I, I know I remember it being good, but like I made you watch it. What, last year, I think? Yeah, I think it was, it was last year. I think you yeah. for the first time watched it and watching it again. I was like, um, this wasn't as good as I remember. I mean, you know, when you're a kid, like I think things are different. You're not I, you don't have the same perspective. Yeah. Like watching Space Jam again. I was like, oh, I didn't. I thought this was so much better. I mean, Space Jam's still good. But anyway, it's not necessarily a better or worse place to be. Obviously, there are certain things that hit you as a kid when you are uncritical and that can be it can be a blessing and a curse yeah one of the pleasures of the movie going experience you kind of forget about is the trailers every time we walk in you know we watch it and i I don't watch trailers generally Mm -hmm. like i don't go looking for them on youtube i don't usually if someone posts on facebook hey with this you know trailers coming out i don't usually even I don't need to bother to watch it because I think, oh, well, if I'm interested, I'll just go and I'll see the movie and I'll go in fresh. And I won't have anything. But, you know, in before the show, you, you see the the trailers. And the nice thing about that here is that it, it makes me believe that more movies are going to come out. I didn't really think about that, but that's true. Yeah. So and we, when we usually watch trailers, we kind of I think a lot of people do this, but mm. maybe give a quick reaction. Like I would be interested in watching that or nah, I'm not, you know, like a little thumbs up, thumbs down. We actually, uh, we used to give little hand gestures, not crude hand gestures, but uh, <laughs> to rate movies. Fully appropriate hand gestures. I feel like we did like the woogity woogity. I don't know. We, you know, from Rocky Power. Anyway, we made uh, we made hand gestures to say if we liked it or not. But I guess thumbs up, thumbs down works. It it was easier. We couldn't stick with our hand gestures. No, then, yeah. Then we came it up. always it always changed. Yeah. But so we we got a, we got a chance to see a few. So I thought maybe we just go through quickly the the ones that we uh, that we saw and maybe just kind of give our reaction. And I won't spend too much time on this because it, with Beetlejuice is a Beetlejuice is a PG movie, which in today's terms means that you're going to get a lot of movies aimed at small kids. You're going to get the you know the animated mm-hmm. trailers. All right, so we got we got Peter Rabbit: The Runaway, the sequel to the you know the computer animated Peter Rabbit. Yeah, movie. which I haven't seen. I haven't seen the first one. And I, I thought that, I thought it was cute. I thought it looked cute. I mean, I would, I would give it like a half thumbs up, like half maybe halfway there. Yeah. Just cause you know, whatever, but I'd have to see the first one, which I don't know if I would, but anyway. Yeah. I'm uh, that's, that's going to be a no for me. The predictably perhaps. All right. We got the Crudes, a new age. So sequel to the Crudes animated film, which came out, I don't know, a few years ago. Yeah, I I saw it. I I would say no. Oh, I you was, saw it. I think I, I saw the first movie. Yeah, I did. It was it was all right. I think I saw it. Yeah. The only thing that was interesting to me was that Nicolas Cage is one of the voices. He is. Yeah, I think he's. Is he the, like the dad or something? Yeah. Oh, okay. But I've got 
nothing else to go on except that some people said it was maybe better than it looked. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I would say no. All right. So then we got Rumble, which is a, I hadn't heard about this. I don't know if it's based on pre-existing material or not, but it appears to be about a, an alien monster who is like a champion, like a, I don't know, UFC or whatever, yeah. whatever they have. Uh, I don't know if the U and UFC stands for universe. Uh, but then there's another monster who I guess wants to train and fight him. And it sounds like that monster is played by Will Arnett. Oh, it, do you know for sure if he is or it just sounded like well, it? Well, that's what I, it is. It is him. And I, I recognized his voice in the in the cinema, but I looked it up and it is uh, it is him. If that Cause Bojack, makes a difference to you could at you, all. Because you heard it and you thought it sounded like Bojack Corson. Right. Which is Will, Will Arnett. I mean, he's done quite a few voices, I, Joe, I think. I'm just kidding. What? Um. Arrested Development. I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> he was himself. Sorry. Just, uh. Other than that. I would watch that one, I think. You'd it, give that a go? Yeah, I mean. If, here, if here's here's the synopsis. In a world where monster wrestling is a global sport and monsters are superstar athletes, teenage Winnie seeks to follow in her father's footsteps Winnie? By, by coaching a lovable Sorry. underdog monster into a champion. Her name is Winnie? Yeah. Cool. I don't know Winnie. And the cast includes Terry Crews. Will Arnett and Ben Schwartz, who apparently now is doing animated movies almost exclusively. Wait, who is he? You know, from Parks and Rec. Which which one? Wait, is he like, does he play Ben actually? He plays. Who is he? Uh, this guy, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's, the name? What's his name? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the one that has a twin. The one that has a twin. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. That's the guy. Um, I, I think I would watch that, especially with hearing, I mean, those name drops. I think I would. If it was like, you know, cheap, you know. Right, right. Cheap, like, <laughs> cheap uh, theater Netflix. Yeah, that's probably all I'm going to say about that one. Uh, these are all. Wait, would you watch it? I would not be interested. Okay. Well, all these, all these like CG movies for kids kind of look alike and there's not a lot about that that i find too interesting i think if a lot of people raved about it then i would maybe give it a chance but i wouldn't probably be the first one lining up at the door for it but then the other one that was there was ghostbusters so that's what i wanted to give it just a little bit of time to uh was your reaction to ghostbusters afterlife Mm -hmm. i i would watch that but now i'm blanking on who was in it but i just remember seeing it be like oh i would watch that Right, it's oh, got Finn kids. Wolfhard from Stranger Things. Yeah, that's why. Because, yeah, precious. And obviously, Paul Rudd. Yeah, Paul. Wait, Who? why obviously? Well, I just mean, when you saw him in the trailer, you would say, oh, <laughs> yeah. that's Paul Rudd. I recognize him from the other movies in which <laughs> thought, he is Paul Rudd. I thought you were saying because he was in Ghostbusters. I was like, I don't understand. Mm. I didn't see him in there. Okay. No, no, that's not. No, that, he was probably a child okay. when Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. But it does have, it does list the original some of the original cast of the ghostbusters bill murray bill murray sigourney weaver dan Aykroyd, and ernie hudson nice and it is directed by jason reitman who is the son of ivan reitman who directed the original ghostbusters oh, so they're keeping cool. in the family which is kind like of interesting that. yeah i would watch it i mean i love ghostbusters wasn't there like a girl's ghostbusters something? there was that happened in 2016 with the like a bunch of snl Girls. Yeah. Was that like for real? Did that actually, was that a real movie? It was a movie that came out. It was released and people watched it. Did you watch it? I didn't. Yeah. I, I kind of refused to watch it, but yeah. 
And apparently, I guess they're treating it like this never happened because it's not referenced. In the trailer, he says there hasn't been a ghost sighting in 30 years. So I think they're they're treating this as a direct sequel to Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. And <laughs> Good for them. The, the Good. little side plot there. Yeah. Yeah. So that the fact that that it seems to be a story about a new generation rediscovering Ghostbusters, right? In the movie, looks like Finn Wolfhard's like, or some he's like somebody's grandson, mm-hmm. maybe from the original yeah. Ghostbusters. That there's a there, there's a kind of a cool parallel there with Reitman's son directing. Mm-hmm. And really, Jason Reitman as a filmmaker is probably more interesting than his father was. He's oh, really? directed like Juno oh, and yeah. Up in the Air, movies like that that cool. are, you know, not like not just what you think of as like a comedy, but you know, kind of have some depth to him. So yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to see. Like normally, I would say you know it sounds like a cash in. Like I don't really want to do it, but I would I would maybe give this a watch, especially in a landscape where there's not a whole lot else. Uh, yeah, out. I was gonna say, do you have a choice? <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll see. So our theme for the rest of October, for the next two weeks, is spooky. Okay, <laughs> nostalgic movies that scared the pants off of us when we were younger as children yeah or movies that scarred us as kids either because i mean you could say scared the pants off because i mean i'm easily frightened <laughs> and well right because either they either we were too young for the movies or maybe we were exactly the right age mm-hmm. that they were you know playing to us effectively i mean it's still effective now as an adult <laughs> well well, well, we'll talk about that. So there, yeah. there were at least one or two other movies that I could have gone with for this week. And maybe we'll get to them at some point. Okay. What are the movies? <laughs> you don't want to say that. Okay. Well, all right. I, I'll, uh, all right. I'll say I, I was potentially either going to go with Arachnophobia. Okay. As we discussed earlier in the episode. And I've I'm seen that one. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of spiders. Mm-hmm. That movie makes my neck itchy when oh, I watch no. it. Yeah. And I, I saw that. Too early, probably. Mm-hmm. So I won't. I won't uh, go into that further in case we have an episode on it down the line. Mm-hmm. But that was one that was possible. Another would have been maybe The Ring, which I probably watched around the same age, maybe a little bit earlier than the one we're going to talk about today. I don't think I would agree to watch The Ring. I don't know. I've never seen it. I mean, I was in middle school when I watched it, and I mean, it was. It was a thing like it was. Yeah, I remember people like being really scared of it. And then the girl with the hair and crawling and I was like, what? But I was like, no, I don't want to watch this. There's at least one bit in there that I think would still get me today. Maybe Um, going down the stairs. Didn't she like crawl down? Look at me. I haven't even seen the movie. I don't know. (laughs) That's another one that's really become iconic. It's stuck in people's memories. Yeah. People that haven't even seen it. (laughs) But I'm going for something that's a little bit more just a little bit more idiosyncratic and that has a local color aspect to it, which makes it maybe more personal to me. It's not what you'd call regional horror exactly. I mean, it's a big Hollywood production that has stars in it, but West Virginia Mm. is not often represented in the media. and Except for wrong turn. And when it (laughs) is, it is not often accurate or flattering. Mm-hmm, there you go. <laughs> people do often ask me, I won't mean not often, people do ask me if I've seen Wrong Turn when they hear that I'm from West Virginia oh. or that I grew up there. I have seen it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. FYI, in case you want to ask. Uh, it's not good. It's not a good movie. Good. I have not seen it. Don't plan to. But the movie that we are discussing 
takes place in West Virginia and is based on one of their best known bits of local folklore. And that movie is The Mothman Prophecies. We were just making sure there was adequate closet space. Good. This house is yours if you want it. We'll take it. what she knew she was drawing angels what are you doing here somehow between 1 and 2 30 i traveled 400 miles i've got no memory past few months people have been coming up to me and reporting strange things weird lights strange phone calls who is this what do you do when someone comes into your office and tells you they saw this in their backyard? My wife saw some drew pictures. They were just like this. Who showed you this? You know what that is? One day I started hearing voices. The voices became messages. It was right here. All I could see were these two red eyes. I met him. You met him? He said, do not be afraid. All 99 are believed dead. You're reading my mind, aren't you? What's my hand? This isn't just a message, it's a prediction. Something terrible's gonna happen. Now, prior to me discussing this a few weeks ago, were you familiar with the Mothman legend? No, I literally had no idea. I know that your parents went to the museum. Or something. Yeah. But I was like, why is there a Mothman Museum? Like, what even is this? Only West Virginia. Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. And just to sum up. So this is a true story as far as it goes. It's based on a true story. And the true story is that there were many reported sightings in the town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, where people reported seeing something like a large moth. Uh, you know, a creature, some said that it had glowing eyes, some said, you know, this thing or that thing about it. And it was kind of a, you know, uh, it was a rash of exciting and we're not explained. And there are various explanations that people have offered about what these folks could have seen, whether it was like a large crane or something that wasn't, uh, it wasn't native to the region. And so they didn't recognize it, things like that. When you say crane, do you mean bird or mechanical crane i mean a bird okay <laughs> Sorry. like a large bird that they thought Sorry. that is some that so that is something that it has kind of taken the imagination of certain folks and it's become you know kind of a oh now it's like a you know kind of a tourism thing that you people would come to point pleasant to see the mothman museum and you know because people who are interested in the paranormal and mm-hmm. you know just kind of again like folksy local stuff would be interested in in this and then also i won't um, I won't give it away, even although although it is, you know, public historical knowledge. I was about to say I'll probably there was say a it. there was a tragedy, an accident that occurred in in Point Pleasant, uh, in real life in like I think it was nineteen sixty seven something like that. Uh, that is also thought by some to be tied to the phenomena of the the phenomenon of the of the Mothman and that so those kind of elements were taken and uh they were put in a book 
Uh, and the book has been loosely adapted into this film, The Mothman Prophecies, oh, cool. which stars Richard Gere, Laura Linney, and a couple other people you might know, Deborah Messing. Oh, yeah. yeah. The guy from Remember the Titans. Did you recognize him at playing? Wait a second. Was he the, he was the crazy one. He was the coach, though. Gordon. He was the dad, the coach, the coach dad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. But thank you for telling me that because I do love Remember the Titans. Will Patton is the guy's name who plays Gordon Smallwood in the movie. Will Patton. Mm-hmm. Like Will Patterson from Stranger Things. Just kidding. So the film is kind of a a horror movie slash almost almost procedural because it has a... Richard Gere plays a reporter who, totally against his will, begins kind of investigating and experiencing the strange goings on in Point Pleasant. But it's not what you think of as like a monster movie or it's more of a kind of a subdued thriller. Yeah, which I told Daniel to rate how scared I would be of it. And he said, what'd you say? I said six. And I scale from one to 10. And I said that because, well, in part because I wasn't sure how it would play for you. I didn't want to give you, I, I, thought, I thought if I said too high of a number, you might back out and not want to watch it. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I would, I, hey, I committed. I told you I would watch a scary movie. But if I said too low, I didn't want to, you know. So, I, I, but what, so how, how did I do? Um, honestly, I really wasn't that freaked out. I would, I mean, I don't know. I might even give it like a two or a three. So you didn't, you didn't find it creepy? No, I, I don't know. I think I was just like, well, this is a thing. Like if, I don't know, it was just weird, like a moth man. Like, is that supposed to be scary? Like a moth, like a large moth? I don't know. I just, if people saw a large moth, like I feel like it needs to be creepier or spookier than a moth. Like something with wings. I don't know. Anyway. All right. I will pick up that thread okay. <laughs> later on. But first, it's time for our segment. Amanda explains the plot. Oh, gosh. Okay. And this is the part of the show where Amanda tells us what happened in the movie. Amanda. Oh, shoot. Okay. I should prepare for this. Um, or maybe I shouldn't. Okay. So this movie is about this man. Oh, gosh. I'm just going to. I might give things away. So. Just trying to avoid the ending. Okay. Well, spoilers later on. Don't. Spoilers. So there's a couple and. Stuff happens, and they're driving in a car. Okay, there. You can say what happens in the first part of the movie. That's like the first ten minutes of the movie. Okay, so they're Richard Gere and his wife. I'm assuming um, are going house hunting. So they uh, they find a house, and then they try to like do it in the closet. And there's a moth there, and I'm like foreshadowing. <laughs> anyway, so and then. Um, Crazy things happen. Are they getting a car wreck or whatever? And then she like sees a red moth. And I'm like, that's so strange. It's just a moth. Anyway, so. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Okay, no, I'll come back. I'll come back. I'll let you go. (laughs) Or she sees red lights. Anyway, and then he finds out she has, uh, shoot, blastoma, cancer, myoblastoma. It's a tumor. A tumor, yeah. Um, anyway, so then basically the whole movie is him like dealing with that trauma 
And then he goes to Point Pleasant unknowingly because he's like, I'm going to go to Washington or whatever. And then he finds himself at the coach's house from Remember the Titans. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's like, yeah, like apparently he's done that before. And it was just kind of crazy. And then basically he just hangs out in that town because he's trying to figure out what's going on because the cop there is like, strange things have been happening. The cop is a girl, of course, because, you know, he lost his wife. He needs to find himself a new woman. But anyway, so then all the stuff happens and he's like, got to find out, you know, all this stuff. I am not doing a good job. And then he talks to this um, this dude who is like a researcher on strange things. And then he finds out information. I'm just giving the whole movie away. And then anyway, so yeah, strange things. And then that big event happens at the end that I'm not supposed to tell about. Yeah, it was, we'll stop short of, uh, of, the, <laughs> of the big, uh, you know, the big thing at the end. Um, yeah, so... It, it's a little bit now. I notice that as you're going through that, it's a little bit vague. And I'm trying to be vague. Well, probably because the movie's a little vague. The movie right? is vague, yeah. And that's part of what I found interesting about it. And so, first of all, how old were you when you first saw this, and where did you see it? Yeah, I would have been in high school. Probably, I would have been maybe seventeen. 16 or 17 when I okay. saw it in 2002. And I, I, and I saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. And I think that at nighttime uh, in West Virginia, of that course. That makes it spooky, yes. Well, it's a lot. There's a lot more of an effect from sitting in a dark screen where it's very, a dark room with a big screen where it's very loud, you know, versus uh, in our living room with the lights on with you and Prim, you know. Right, and the skeleton in the corner. With right. the skeleton in the corner, right. <laughs> Makes it kind of homey, you know, yeah, takes the edge exactly. off. Exactly. Yeah, it does. So, but, uh, and I, I've seen it once or twice since then, probably, mm-hmm. but I always remember it being pretty creepy and giving yeah. me, giving me the, the chills, you know? I was say, what was your initial reaction the first time and then the second and then now? I mean, I wouldn't ever say that it, I wouldn't ever say that it terrified me beyond all reason or anything like that, but I did find it properly creepy. And I think, there's a couple of reasons for that. Mm-hmm. And I don't really, I don't really think it has actually too much to do with it being a true story or anything like that. Cause I, I I'm not, it's not like I was, you know, a, a big believer in Mothman or anything. No. Well, yeah, actually. So when did the museum happen? Was it after the movie or like, no, did- I'm sure it probably already existed. I honestly don't know. I haven't looked up when the, huh. when the museum came around, but as it happens, as we just, because we went after the movie and looked up a few things, mm-hmm. the events of the movie occurred in the sixties even though... Okay, so this is already a thing before the movie. Yes. Uh, okay, got anyway, it. Like I said, it was based on a book, and the book came out, I don't know, maybe in the 70s, something like mm-hmm. that. So they adapted it. But, the, I mean, the movie makes it into present day. Present day being, of course, again, 2002, not our present day. But, oh, okay, yeah. Because nobody really has cell phones and that sort of thing. In the oh, movie. yeah, because There's everything... a lot of stuff that revolves around the phone. Just a, in the Yeah. Which is Land kind of lines. weird when I think about it, that there's so much of it has to do with the phone. Yeah, there's so much of it. I'm like, just... Don't answer the phone. Anyway, yeah. But one of the things that I find the scariest in movies is when they use my imagination against me. Mm. 
And there's a couple of different schools of thought on this and people are different, you know, and how they process things. Some people will watch a movie like the Blair Witch Project Mm -hmm. and say, that was boring. Nothing happened in the movie. And I watched the Blair Witch Project and I'm like terrified because I'm looking around at all the trees and I'm like, what's behind those trees? What's going to happen next? I'm thinking about what it would be like to be trapped in the woods in the middle of the night. And, you know, and there could be animals out there. There could be anything. Witches. Anything that your imagination can conceive. Because my imagination is far more powerful than some kind of effect that a person could conjure on a movie screen. That proves true again and again. That's why they say if you close your eyes during a movie, it's worse during a scary movie. Did they say that? I, I've heard that because it's like if you if you're watching a scary movie and you close your eyes, then you can imagine far worse things than are on the screen. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can. Uh, whatever's on the screen is scary, so it would help me to close my eyes. Right. So Mothman Prophecies is a movie that doesn't show you a whole lot, mm. and it it gives you a lot of places to look for danger, and it gives you a lot of it kind of teases you a lot about what those about what the entity is because ultimately you know the, he talks to the researcher and he's like you'll never figure them out you'll never know this he's it's the idea of something that and here's where another kind of another element comes in the idea of something that is you know interacting with human experience but that is ultimately beyond human experience so it's kind of like the idea of if you ever heard the concept of like if you were to insert a 3D object into a 2D world the people in the 2D world would be unable to understand that object. They would only understand one dimension, or excuse me, two dimensions of it. They would understand length and, and height, but not depth, because they don't they can't experience that dimension. So like in the Lego maybe. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've Lego never seen 3D. that. I know. Sorry. I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's kind of like the whatever whatever is being experienced by these people as Mothman or as Indrid Cold. Mm-hmm. is something that is outside primarily of their experience. They're seeing one part of it, but it's, uh, you know, so that's kind of, uh, I think there's, there's a, there's a, a fear of the unknown. Okay. Right. Yeah. What, um, and I think that that is exacerbated by the photography and the director, Mark Pellington, who was a music video director, um, but also known for directing the thriller Arlington road. With Jeff Bridges. Okay. He, as you'll, you'll probably notice, uh, really takes the red eye motif and runs with it. Yeah, he does. Like a lot. The, the lights on the road in the construction area that mm-hmm. look like they could be two eyes. Mm-hmm. The Christmas lights. There's a lot of like bleary photography. The fading the in and out of focus, which suggests to you in so many different ways that, you know, are you seeing are you seeing something that could be you know a threat or are you just seeing something that's normal mm-hmm. and i think that also mirrors the confusion of all the characters because you've got people looking out their windows and thinking they see a, an 8 foot moth standing in their yard by the tree and they go out and there's like some kind of burn you know something oh, yeah. has interacted uh-huh. with with their physical world mm-hmm. uh, but they don't know what it is they can't place so they don't have a name for it and then occasionally you get, you know, these jumps where, like in that early scene, something clearly comes at the car, causing oh, yeah. causing mm-hmm. the wreck. And, you know, in 
I remember seeing it and thinking that was like a big jump scare and a scare. Like, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm sure I jumped because I, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on, but it was just, it was weird. I don't know. And of course, like the drawings that she made later, that was, those are that, creep, probably, those probably are, creepy. Those are creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was going to say what, what creeped you out the most in the movie? Well, there actually is a moment that I would cite as probably one of the creepier moments. Yeah. Because the things that get me in movies are the things that, again, make me question what I saw or like not necessarily the big jump scares, but like the the quiet things. And there's one, I hate to give all the, the things away. I but know, I'm thinking of a moment that creeped me out the most, but I'll tell you after. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell, I'm, I'm yeah. interested to hear what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, cause I remember this, it, for years, I was even too scared to go back and look for a still frame to determine if I saw what I thought I saw. Because remember before, you know, the internet and everything, you, you, you have to go, if you want, you get the DVD and pause it and like skip forward if you oh, wanted yeah. to see something. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, this is, you know, after VHS, thankfully, we've been same kind of thing with VHS. But uh, there's a moment in the hotel room, he gets off the phone with somebody and he's so frustrated that he, he hits the door. The door's got a mirror on the back of it. Oh, the door yeah. closes and when it comes back open, just for a second, there. you see something in the mirror. <laughs> And man, I was like, that sent chills down my spine when I saw that. It was Voldemort. No, it wasn't. It was What's-His-Face Cold Ingrid. Well, that's the thing. You never quite know I mean, what it, it is. It seemed like it was him because of what Gordon was saying. When he looked in the mirror, he didn't see himself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but the thing that creeped me out the most was when he was on the phone and he kept saying like where <laughs> the chapstick was mm-hmm. or like... What he did with, you know, whatever. Um, what did he put in his shoe? He like his watch. His watch, yeah. Anyway, I just I didn't like that. And you know, it's probably because for me, like things that are scary, it's it's like things that okay. Say things that could happen in real life. And I always say this and it's always like <laughs> Daniel's like, um, oh, so a a clown could come from the sewer and <laughs> but like just the fact that it could happen, it could happen, but like that he, he knew everything that he was doing. So it's like, somebody's watching you and that creeps me out because you know, nobody wants anyone to be like watching you and they could attack you at, attack you at any moment. But, um, right. Makes you feel vulnerable. Yeah. And then he like, yeah, it was, I didn't like that one. That was weird. And see, so that was, that brings me to, I was going to ask you, cause I know you said you didn't, you didn't find it. Super creepy. You didn't find it highly scary. Mm-hmm. Did you find it in in places maybe silly where it meant to be scary? Maybe. Maybe it was like that because, well, because I said the moth thing, like, okay, how can that be scary? But I thought more, I mean, well, when you were explaining about how it makes you imagine things that could happen, I, when I watched movies, I kind of just take it at face value. It's like what they provide for me is I'm just like, okay, like we can mm-hmm. leave a movie. And I mean, I remember, for example, watching Coco with you and yeah. I was like, oh, that was a good movie, like bright colors, fun music. And then you're like, I would have to have real conversations. Like if we had kids, yep. and I'm like, oh, wow, I did not even think. Of-. And that was the same movie where I cried for um during Olaf's it's, it's adventure. A te- it's a tearjerker though. I mean Coco is a tearjerker. Olaf's adventure. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I yeah, I I just kind of 
I mean, I, I think I, if I'm watching a scary movie, I don't want to try to think about anything else. So, but then for other movies as well, I don't really think more because I'm like, well, there's so much going on on the screen. I'm just trying to take it in. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to think about anything while I'm watching it. So maybe that's why I was just like, okay, well, this stuff is happening. I'm trying to follow the plot. And it was the first time I was watching it. So, I mean, I just honestly just think I'm a little bit of a sissy when it comes to scary stuff. Because I, I know it doesn't seem like that because I have watched a good number of horror movies in my yeah, life. Yeah, and you continue to. <laughs> I do continue to, but they, you know, I think like especially, well, you know what scares me more than movies actually is is video games, scary video games. Really? Yeah, because there's a, there's an interactive element to it mm-hmm. that it like if it's some you get attacked or your character gets attacked, but it's like you getting attacked or mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing. I find that actually more terrifying in most cases than than a movie. But uh, I think one of those things is like it's like a it's maybe like a defense mechanism of me looking all over the screen and thinking where's that thing going to come from that they want to get me with you know where's that huh. surprise going to come from you know and. Like I said, this isn't really the movie that does that as much, but there is a lot of imagery, like a lot of like little moth things embedded in there and like like the eyes and the different things. So I think it's there for you to look for if you, I think it's there for you to find if you uh, are that sort of person. Do you feel like you do that with scary movies the second time you watch them? Like when you already know nothing's coming out of the woods or whatever, or do you still find yourself thinking about? It's a lot easier the second time, yeah. Okay, okay. I, and I think that contributed to me not, being scared of this this time. I mean, we watched it this time. I wasn't, uh, you know, gripping the armrests or anything. Uh, oh, yeah, because we didn't have any armrests. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. But I like the, it, this. like I said, this one's a little bit more, a little heavier on the atmosphere and less on, you know, kind of overt mm-hmm. scare. So that it, I have to kind of be in a headspace where I can just like vibe with it, you know? You got to get it that. Yeah, you know what was kind of weird and creepy though is all of the things with his wife they kept showing the picture of her and like zooming in on her eyes mm-hmm. and it was red and i was like what what are they trying to tell us like is she i don't know like something about the afterlife or, i don't know and then they said that it was like not human voices it was mechanical or something i don't mm-hmm. know yeah so i i mean i still don't really know what was happening i was gonna ask you i mean Spoiler. I don't know. The spoiler. Well, who do you think was on the other end of that phone call that he did not answer at 12 p.m.? Well, I think that in that case, uh, Laura Linney's sheriff character was absolutely right that whoever was on the end of the phone was not going to be his mm-hmm. wife. Right. And I think we know that pretty clearly from the things that happened already. There's a lot of people throughout the movie that you know, it's like, oh, well, you were at my door, but no, he wasn't. Or you called me, but no, he didn't call him. You know what I mean? So okay. we, we pretty much know this is something that this entity or this injured person is doing. Uh, and so we can probably assume that whoever was on the phone was, in fact, the moth. I want to say the mothman. But so that that's one of the things which kind of weird. But like, are they trying to say that there actually was somebody or it's just something that's not human? I think that the the injured cold is one manifestation of this entity, this non-human mm-hmm. entity that is not a person. And what, what one thing that they say is, you know, people perceive it differently. Okay. Different people see it differently or experience it differently. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're trying to take maybe a little bit more of the mythos, take it out of 
just this thing that happened in West Virginia. Cause he said, the guy says, oh, it happened in, yeah. I don't know, wherever else, Brazil or someplace yeah. like that. Uh-huh. So they are saying that it, it could be one creature, it could be many creatures, right? He's saying they appears in cave paintings. He's saying it appears differently and maybe it's using something that it knows about you to get your attention. Yeah, but it's like, why? Oh, because he did say, like, not everybody notices it. Is it, am I right? Like, the, didn't he say, like, uh-huh. only, so maybe. Yeah, because one of the things he says, why me? Yeah, because right? yeah, I was like, why? Yeah, why him? Like, why are they focusing He's so like, much? You noticed. Yeah, because he had a trauma. And so maybe that's why it kept going back to her, because, like, that's what started it. But she saw it, like, mm-hmm. and she didn't, you know, intentionally, she wasn't looking for it. Was it because she had a tumor and she was seeing crazy things? I don't know. Right. And so that kind of ambiguity, again, I think is in keeping with the whole theme mm-hmm. because a lot of people who who think they saw this thing maybe didn't or yeah. they thought something, right? Mm-hmm. Or they think they did, but they don't know. And I think it's the not knowing that drives people crazy. That's what drives the main character crazy. Yeah. And I think so that's kind of the central question really of the movie is how do you deal with a phenomenon like this? Mm. What, what did you think of the story between uh, Gear and Lenny? Who's Lenny? The Wait. cop. Oh, her name is Lenny? In real life. Laura Lenny. The, oh, the okay. What did I think of their relationship? Like how it was handled in the movie? Well, I mean, I, I think I appreciated the fact that they didn't like get together really quick. Like I, I feel... <laughs> Not like it has to be like this, but I feel like it was kind of like respectful to his dead wife, even though I said like two years, two years later, I think. Yeah. Um, But I I liked that he didn't just rush into it with her. And it's like Connie is her name in the movie. Connie. That's right. Um, I like that it kind of builded up like it. Um, He yeah, he didn't rush into it. And then it was more it was just based off of like this mystery that brought them together. And then, um, I mean, obviously, and then in the end, like it shows that they care for each other. And like, she wanted him to come there for Christmas and everything. So I like how they handled that. And it wasn't like a, Oh, like a love story or anything like that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I thought that was a nice moment Mm -hmm. near the end. Yeah. When he decides not to answer the phone Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that, she treat handles him so carefully. Yeah, she's that really call. kind. Yeah. So I, I appreciated that. I mean, it's, it's not a super deep character movie. Yeah. You know, and you don't, but I like that they don't go all in on them having their relationship. It's kind of just something that is developing. Behind yeah. The and it's, it's new and it's, yeah, it's not like she's like, oh, I love you or anything. And that he was like, I really miss my wife. Like, I was like, that's good because I mean, somebody that was in that situation really would. So they're not making it seem like it's not real. So I, yeah, I appreciated that moment. And like, it seemed like real emotions or whatever. So. I mean, there's no shortage of movies that use a dead wife or some kind of trauma like that as a inciting incident for the plot. So you knew, you knew that was coming in as soon as you saw the character. I literally called it. You called it. Yeah. But I think, I don't think it's too, I don't think it's done in a crass way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I think, I think whether you think it's successful in this or not, the movie has some intention of being about his trauma mm-hmm. 
And because that's what really he's kind of going after with, you know, the way that he responds to the, the you know, this entity to injure cold. However, in the beginning of the movie, I was a little confused because I was like, is Mary his wife? Like he wrote down Mary, didn't he? Like he was talking to somebody and I thought he mm-hmm. was he was just like learning somebody's name. Like he was going to go on a blind date and then they were going to go buy a house. So I was a little bit like, wait, what? And then his boss is like, I need you to stay for this. And then he's like, no, but I got to go because, you know, it's Mary. And I was like, what? Anyway, that was kind of confusing. I actually would like to watch that, just that scene again to see why that is the case. Yeah. Because he, he like makes a really dark why mm-hmm. on the end of her name. I almost think it's like intended to be kind of a moth symbol because they, they make that symbol a couple oh. of times and they show it in different things. Like even at the end, okay. if you're looking on the bird's eye view of the river or the moth's eye view, if okay. you will, I think <laughs> they kind of, so I think they kind of try to do that. So I don't know if that's actually, if I'm reading too much into it, but I would make a back and watch. No, that. That's a good point. Cause I was like, why is he writing her name down? It just seemed like, so I don't know somebody was calling and he was like, okay, your name is Mary. But yeah. So we found mm. out that she was his wife. Another question I was going to ask is, do you actually think that people have seen the Mothman in Point Pleasant? Or do you think that that's crazy talk? I'm inclined to be a skeptic. Mm-hmm. And see, they, you know, they make the case in the movies like these are, you know, these are good people that have never you know, yeah. done anything that we people that we know that are in our community. So they say I, good Christian people. Yeah. Church going people said that a yeah. couple of times. Yeah. I'm not inclined to think that there is such a thing as a Mothman. Mm-hmm. And I think most people probably think it's silly. And I mean, I think, I think the whole, you know, Mothman Museum and everything is kind of, you know, intentionally kitschy, campy. Like they kind of know that it's, it's a bit of a joke, even if it is a, a, a tourism driver. So I think people saw something mm-hmm. and I think people, you know, but there is a thing where, you know, someone says something and put something in your head and then you start looking for that thing. That's true. Yeah. Again, I would never presume to discount the experience of someone else and say they didn't have that experience, but I'm not a, I'm not going to jump to, I think there's a Mothman. See, that's the thing that gets me with like, if somebody tells me that they've experienced like a ghost story and then I'm like, well, I don't believe in ghosts. Like, I don't, I don't think that's a real thing. Um, yeah. Like spirits and demons and stuff, but like, I don't, I don't think that, you know, people, they're like, Oh, these are ghost stories. But then if it's somebody that I know, or maybe like a person that I've met, I mean, for example, (laughs) I, I love this. We stayed at a bed and breakfast in Colorado and only afterwards, bringing it back around, bringing it back around to Colorado. Um, what was it the Patterson Inn or hotel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which it was lovely, but um, it was really old, like built in the 1800s. And I woke up the second night and I was like, is this place haunted? And then I was like, nah, I went back to sleep. But I asked the guy the next day and he said that it was and he told a few ghost stories. Crazy. Yeah. And and I'm like, well, I don't want to believe that. But then it's like, but people have experienced this. Do you, So do you feel like you, I want to believe I want to believe? Do you like, do you feel like you believe stories like that? Like after, cause I never asked you, but did you, were you like, oh yeah, that probably happened. Or were you skeptical when he said that? I believe people died in the house. Yeah. 
I don't think there's a ghost haunting the hotel. They just want um they just want those ghost tours to come by. They probably don't, so people will want to stay there. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't believe in ghosts. I, I've never experienced anything creepy, so and I've heard stories from people that I trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that same. people that I believe are have good integrity. Christian people. Yeah, good Christian people. <laughs> no, I, I had a youth yeah. pastor tell me one time about his experience that he thought was a demon. Now, granted, I think that demons exist. Yeah, but I'm not sure that his story was his was actually an encounter with a demon. Yeah, I think it might have been something else that he experienced. Could have been, you know, people talk about. It's, actually, it's weird. It's kind of a joke now. I've seen it on memes. People talk about their sleep paralysis demon. About like people, you know, people, the human experience all kinds of things. The human mind is crazy. Yeah. Like, I, I think that that's something that, I mean, yeah, our, our bodies can do crazy things, but, and yeah, crazy things in our minds. But I was, I was just curious. Like, I, I have heard stories from like my youth pastor and everything back in the day. And I'm like, oh no, like the, the shoes were moved to the other room. I don't know. Just like crazy things. But mm-hmm. I think I'm like drawn to stories like that. Like, when somebody tells me they've watched a scary movie, then I'm like, tell me about it. Like, tell me the whole plot. But then I'm like, I would never watch it. And they're like, oh, I don't want to ruin it for you. It's like, no, but tell me. And then I'll have a nightmare that night about it. This is why I can't watch scary movies because it will replay in my head over and over. And that's so maybe that's when like my imagination goes wild. It's like when I'm. It's not while you're watching it. It's later on. It's literally later on. And it will stay there for like weeks, months. Which I've had that happen. Not with this movie. With one or two other movies that have stuck with me, but that doesn't usually happen anymore. Yeah. I mean, but when we were doing our rating system and I said like two or three, you said, I don't know if you said this before, but you were saying what more than X files, less than it. That was my, that was my guess. But I mean, cause we've been watching X files and I am more creeped out with those episodes than like then, I mean, granted, it's super varied. Like, there's some creepy ones and some not so creepy. There ones. There are some but. really creepy ones, but yeah. anyway. Well, maybe this just goes to show the power of nostalgia. That perhaps you know, maybe this because I know that I probably, generally speaking, rate Mothman prophecies higher than the average person. I think if I think people who just come to it and just happen to see it over the course of their lives, not during a formative time and with no with no real connection to it, maybe don't think it's that great. Yeah. And that's fair. And I think, you know, seeing it again now in my 30s, I'm not particularly moved by it. But, uh, and it, it does look its age. It looks like it was made in 2002, and that's not necessarily a good thing. I was going to say, that's probably something that contributes to it, because I'm like, this is an old movie. Like, they're trying hard with the effects, but they just couldn't get it. I'm not even saying the effects are bad. I just think there's a there's a noticeable... For most movies, I feel like that. You think most movies, the effects are bad? With, no, no, no. With like the old movie. I mean, like it, like you can tell like, oh, okay, that's not, that's not real. Like that's, sure. yeah. I think it's easier to give it a pass when on things that are like supernatural or ghost related mm-hmm. because you, you wouldn't know what those looked like anyway. That's true. Um, And so it doesn't have to, I don't know, take up real physical space. Like it can look like a drawn on effect more mm-hmm. easily and you'd still buy it. Or at least I would, but maybe I'm easily, I'm eager to give it the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I, so I think I probably rate it higher than the average person because of my connection to it. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's as good a time as any to ask, what would you give the Mothman prophecies out of five chapsticks? 
five chapsticks. One to five chapsticks. In a drawer or in a shoe. Just kidding. His watch was in his shoe. In his hand. In his hand. <laughs> um, uh, I would give it, I might give it like one chapstick. Sorry. I. Wow. Just, one chapstick. That's so low. Were you bored by it? Kind of. Mm. I hate to say that, but I was kind of bored by it. I mean, and I think for me, like most movies that <laughs> I'm lazy, I'm just going to say I'm lazy. I like for them to kind of give me the answer. I don't like to work for it. Like, for example, when we watched that movie, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, of, of, I'm thinking of ending things. I was like, that movie took me on a wild ride and I want to know why it was so crazy and it like made me really anxious. And then um, I immediately looked it up afterwards, like what was going on with this. And so, yeah, with the Mothman uh, prophecies, I was like, it. yeah, it was kind of boring in the sense that like, I was like, you're not giving me solid answers. And also it, yeah, so. It's kind of long. It's two it hours, was, yeah, which for a horror movie long. is long. Maybe that's why as well. Yeah. It's funny now, even now that I'm, we just rewatched it, I almost, it almost doesn't even play like a horror movie to me. It almost yeah. plays like a, like I say, kind of like an investigative drama that mm-hmm. has some supernatural elements in it, even though I know it's going for creep out, but like that's, yeah. I know I, I would want to give it like two just because I would feel bad. Like I feel bad. You can, rating. No, you don't, I, you're not going to hurt my feelings. No, but I feel bad rating any movie low or high unless I really didn't like it. But I honestly wouldn't watch it again. I mean, I because I, I'm like, well, it was it was fine. Like it was good. So maybe like one and a half. Uh, one and a cap. One and a cap. Yeah, it's like you know, one and then like a partly used chapstick kind of thing. How many would you give it? I'm gonna give it three, three chapsticks out of five. Okay, okay. Because, like I said, I I don't think it's I don't think it's exceptional. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's solid. Yeah. I like the way I feel like they set a pretty solid tone throughout. There might be a couple things that waver into silliness. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I for the most part I buy it. I buy Richard Gere in it and Yeah, he did a good job. I like the I like the actor who plays I think it's Leek, the author, who he goes to see in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh I think he does a really good job selling the mythos. In a movie like this, you need that one guy yeah. that tells you why you should be afraid mm-hmm. like i don't know if you did you ever see 1408 with uh john cusack and samuel l jackson no i don't think so you're probably not because you don't watch a lot of horror movies I don't watch horror horror movie. Movie, yeah. uh samuel l jackson is in that movie for like i don't know maybe 10 minutes or something but he gives this talk to john cusack and tells mm-hmm. him why he should be afraid of that room and it's like super effective I feel like the guy kind of fills that same role and yeah. this one kind of like t- you know ratchets up the stakes a little bit mm-hmm. so i i liked all the performances i even despite what I said about it being from 2002, kind of like the look of it. I like that they're going for the bleary look with the, you know, the red eyes. Cause it really, again, these are, this is what I'm talking about when, like, when we talk about like fundamental fears, like things that, that tap into those kind of just like really primal, like fears that we have. I mean, there is a fear at the end. I didn't give the spoiler away, but I was going to ask you a question about that, but I don't want to give it away. Okay. W- one second. We'll get into the spoilers. Okay. It's kind of like talking about Blair Witch Project, right? Uh-huh. There's something that's hardwired into us to like 
be on the lookout for danger because it's self-preservation instinct. Mm -hmm. It's like if you're out, if you're an animal out in the woods, you're going to be watching because those eyes could be something that wants to eat you, right? And so you being alert to those things makes you survive. Unless you're prim, then you just pat the bug with your little paw. Well, prim doesn't have to worry about very much. Look at her over there. She's so cute. This is the segment where we talk about Prim. Okay, <laughs> so we we talked about the movie. We're going to get into spoilers now. So if you mm-hmm. haven't seen the movie and you still want to based on Amanda's rating. Pause that, it. <laughs> go, and, uh, go check it out if you're you know a fan of horror or local legends. Um, and... So we're going to talk about the ending of the movie. So this is you've been warned. All right. So what, what is your what is your comment on the on the end? The bridge collapses. Okay, <laughs> I had to say it. Um, I was going to ask, have you ever had a fear of crossing bridges? And well, I'll just ask that first. Not very much. After watching that movie, did you have a fear of crossing any bridges? Not very much. Huh, okay. I I would say I generally dislike heights. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a reasonable fear because if I fall from a great height, then I will die. Yeah. Uh, usually, unless you're a superhero. But. Right. But bridges don't super scare me. I've crossed a few rickety ones mm-hmm. and usually it's okay. I don't know. Uh, for some reason, that's just not something that greatly bothers me. I don't know. I mean, because after watch, I mean, I'm not, I'm not bothered by it. I don't, I, I don't think don't. my mom likes bridges very much. I feel like my mom doesn't like bridges either. How does your mom feel about elevators? I don't know. I'll have to ask her. Mom hates him. Yeah. Or maybe I'm also thinking of This Is Us when Rebecca, she doesn't like bridges anymore. Anyway. I mean, I wouldn't relish being stuck in a traffic jam on a bridge for a long period of time. But, but yeah, mom, I'm usually not afraid that it's going to collapse. Yeah. Yeah. Mom definitely doesn't like bridges. I'll have to ask her if she's seen this movie. But I mean, after watching this movie, I was like, huh, because that's. That's the thing that really happened in West Virginia is that this bridge collapsed. In what year? What was it? I think it was 67. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know. Just to think that like a bridge could collapse. I was just like that. That was that was kind of scary mm-hmm. because I mean, I know it's in some movies, but hearing that it actually happened, I was like, uh, not super trusting of all the man-made structures. But I mean, even the ones that look really sturdy like I am, but. It just made me, it got me thinking a little bit, but. And even that sequence I thought was pretty good. They kind of saved their. That was a good one though. Yeah. They kind of saved it up for the end. There wasn't a whole lot of action, but then they, you know, they pulled out the stops and did the bridge scene at the end. And I, I thought that was pretty well done. That's how, that's why I would give it a partly used chapstick one and a partly used because uh, I liked that scene at the end. I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of the the build up to it, like her dream. Her dream. Yeah. That, that presence, was. And then mm-hmm. you see it again. And, and then the 37 kind of, thing. I was like, oh, what? Yeah, I, I like those like coincidences or whatever. It played, you the 37 thing played a little goofier to me this time. Yeah. Like it was a little more, I don't know, just obvious or something. But Yeah, because she's like, oh, I was 37. Like I feel like it's supposed to be this moment and it's kind of, it's the last thing in the movie. So I, it didn't really land. Yeah. But that I think the sequence as a whole is effective. But it was kind of fun to be like, oh, yeah, like the thing that was predicted and it's like, uh, coming like full circle and yeah so i i mean it was kind of it was kind of satisfying i mean obviously the ending was satisfying but there's something that stuck with me and actually you probably would not know this because it's not something that i would say because then i would have to explain it but sometimes like there's a quote that the guy the author uh says that sometimes popped into my mind when i'm just in conversation with people what is when he says you'll never figure out their messages you'll misinterpret them I did. It almost destroyed me. And that line, for some reason, has stuck with me. 
sometimes I think about, oh, you'll, you'll never figure, you'll never figure out, I don't know who somebody in real life, but that's, that's, that's the quote that I've taken away from it. That's the one. I'm trying to think if you've actually quit, have you quoted that around me? And I've probably been like, I don't know, maybe. I'm always like, are you quoting something or is that you? But it's such like a benign quote. Like you wouldn't even know that it was. Benign, like a tumor in her head. Okay. I'll stop. Yeah. Okay, well, that's our show for today. And hopefully next week we will have, we'll be back with Amanda's nostalgic, scary movie. Should we give it away? I don't know. Should we, should should we, we keep it close to the, should we, should we keep it close to the chest? I'll give one hint. Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan. Eric. <laughs> so thanks again for listening and for giving us uh, some good ratings and reviews. Again, we really appreciate that. Hope you're enjoying the show. And we have had a few suggestions that we will continue to, we're holding on to them and mm-hmm. we may do something with them in the future. So, oh, again, we are uh, on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify, Spotify Stitcher, now, yeah. and a few others maybe. So in our email addresses, I forgot. It is podcast at scenesfromamarriage.com. If you would like to leave us a message, a note, suggestion, anything like that, it's podcast at scenesfromamarriage.com. And if you don't want to use any of those other pod catchers, you you could just go directly to our site, scenesfromamarriage.com. But since you're listening to this, you're already using one of those things so i don't know why i said that it congratulations yeah. <laughs> i will hope you're enjoying spooktober and that you'll be back with us again next week spooky we'll talk at you soon <laughs>